1: You know, this show is all about nutrition and how eating real food supports the health of your body and your brain. You know, many of us believe we need to eat well just for the health of our body. But Dr. Amon, author of Change Your Brain to Change Your Life, said, when your brain works right, you work right. When your brain is out of balance, you may have problems. We know it is important to feed your brain with sufficient protein such as salmon, beef, chicken. I don't know how many people really understand that, that they have to feed their brain with healthy foods. You know, they need healthy fats like olive oil, nuts, coconut oil, and they need healthy vegetables because you get a lot of vitamins from your vegetables and our brain needs vitamins now. Truly, this is not a new message on Dishing Up Nutrition.
2: Oh my goodness, Dar, it is not a new message. You and all of the other co-hosts of uh, Dishing Up Nutrition have said it over and over. (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) But have you checked out the sales of fast food restaurants lately? Mm, I bet that's what we're going to get into
1: today. Mm -hmm. But before we get into the big numbers, those big numbers that fast food sales produce let me introduce our co-host uh carolyn hudson is a registered and licensed dietitian who sees clients in our eden prairie office the nutritional weight and wellness office in eden prairie and she Caroline's carolyn's not a new grad
2: <laughs> no i'm not
1: <laughs> she's been a dietitian for many years and has had a variety of work and life experiences which adds to her counseling abilities. So if you have IBS and want Carolyn's help, you won't be her first client. Nope. <laughs> Truly, she's helped
2: many people with IBS. Yeah, and if you're someone who has an autoimmune disease, like a lupus or MS, you will not be my first client with these conditions either. So at the same time, if you want help with brain
1: health for memory, depression, anxiety, Carolyn has had experience of helping many people who are lacking good brain health.
2: Yeah, you know, helping people with these health issues is really fairly straightforward because it all goes back to the same thing eating real food first. Eating real food. It is
1: simple to say. We say it all the time. But apparently, a lot of Americans are not eating real food because. Fast food sales are off the charts. You know, Carolyn has some interesting fast food sales f- figures to share. So
2: throw us those numbers. Okay, well, according to QSR Magazine, who collects data on fast food sales, McDonald's gross sales for 2014, so a few years ago, were three, $36.4 billion. Thirty six point four
1: billion dollars. So, Carolyn, wow. last night in the paper when I was reading and of course, I read the, the morning paper in the evening because I don't get to it. But anyway, I've noticed that McDonald's sales are really down. Oh, are they? So, oh. you know, they're they're actually worried about their sales right now. Well, which was surprising. It was in the paper,
2: in the news section. Oh, wow. I'll have to read that. Next in number of sales, though, was Starbucks. Which that's kind of interesting. Yes. I thought that was very interesting. They have $12.7 billion in sales. And then Subway came in at $11.9 billion. And then we've got a pizza place, Papa John's, with the lowest sales numbers. That was $2.7 billion. So, you know, what tells us a lot of people are choosing fast food over real food.
1: And I think, really, most people know it is not the best choice.
2: Yeah, not at all. Today, we want to explore, you know, why, people, why do people choose fast food? What And what might be wrong with fast food? And how can we get people to eat real food more often? Because more and more people are wanting to eat healthier foods these oh, and days. And we hear it
1: all the time. Compared to, say, 20 or 25
2: years ago, I don't think people were very concerned at that point. No, I think it was, you know, they didn't even really think that there was anything wrong with fast food. Right. But
1: and then we take a look at the number of people that are buying organic food now, Versus what was happening. I mean, just look at all the supermarkets, the organic supermarkets and co-ops that have grown and sprouted up. So people are looking at wanting better foods. So we're also pleased to have another dietitian join us in our discussion today. Teresa Ragner is a registered and licensed dietitian. And Teresa, you really see people mostly in the St. Paul office, don't you?
3: Yes, that's correct. Okay. And you have how many children again? Three three and what are their ages seven four almost five and
1: almost two so i bet they watch tv and see all the ads for fast food
3: yes they do and what do they want uh you know they're pretty good but i would say that they would like chicken nuggets of of the things that they could pick probably chicken nuggets okay so they
1: love to have you go to fast food if you would
3: They would love it, yes, if I would.
1: (laughs) So, you know, Teresa has a few frustrations, too, about different things that are happening at school. And kind of those, you were talking about those treats.
3: Yes, there are lots of treats in our schools. And it seems like... Daily, my son is coming home excited about the latest treat that they've had for somebody's birthday or special event.
1: And I bet it isn't a protein treat.
3: It is not a protein yeah, treat. It probably, is a sugar treat. Yeah. It's probably not something you're going to give them at home, right, Teresa? That's right. That's right. It's not something they get at home. And they don't need to have it at home because they get plenty of it outside of home.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And she also has a few techniques of how to keep kids satisfied at home and out of the fast food lane.
3: Yeah, I
2: think most of our listeners realize that choosing fast food is really not the best choice for their their health, but they still do it. So, <laughs> listeners, Crazy, isn't it? maybe you need some more information to arm yourself so that you can at, avoid that fast food lane. So, if you have a teenager at home,
1: you know your teen your teen might be asking you, "So, mom, what is so wrong with eating fast food?"
3: <laughs> and I would like to answer that. Okay, (laughs) An average fast food meal has about 1,800 calories. 1,800 calories in just one meal. That's a lot of calories. That's a lot of calories. And if you eat two fast food meals in a day, that's 3,600 calories. Most people's bodies stay balanced at about 2,300 to 2,400 calories per day. So that means
1: you don't have to eat 800 calories.
3: That's right. No, you can have more. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're eating that 23 or 20, 20, 2400 calories per day, you receive sufficient nutrients and then people don't gain weight at that amount either. People will gain weight, though, if they eat fast food several times a week because they're getting just way too many calories.
1: I think we see that all the time oh. and that people don't realize it. I think lots of times that's a college student, too.
3: Oh, definitely.
1: You know, definitely. they hang out at the fast food places mm-hmm. or but, even high school students.
2: Yeah, but even worse than those calories... In most fast food meals, also there are those bad fats. You know, most of them contain things like partially hydrogenated vegetable oil or soybean oil. Those are really bad. So people are saying, so, Carolyn, what is wrong with eating
1: foods with partially hydrogenated fat? I mean, what's so wrong with that?
3: Well, if you're worried about having a heart attack, and you should worry if you're a fast food eater, Partially hydrogenated oils make your LDL cholesterol go up while reducing your HDL cholesterol. That makes me think of clogged arteries. So basically,
1: when you're thinking about cholesterol, your good cholesterol, your protective cholesterol, goes down. That's the HDL. When you eat, you know, these bad fats, these trans fats and partially hydrogenated fats, and your good cholesterol. Did I say that right? Your good cholesterol goes goes down down, and and your bad cholesterol goes goes up. Yes. So bottom line, fast food usually throws your cholesterol numbers off and it puts you in more of a cardiovascular risk.
2: Yeah. Well, on dishing up nutrition, we encourage our listeners also to eat less sugar. You know, and a fountain drink at a fast food restaurant Mm -hmm. has about 46 teaspoons Mm -hmm. of sugar. That is almost a whole cup of sugar. And I have had many
1: clients totally addicted to fountain drinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because they can go back and fill it up again. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not only one, it's sometimes two or two and a half
2: or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. And I, you know, I have clients that do the sweet tea thing. And they think that that's better. But there, there, those have about five teaspoons of sugar in one just really small glass. So a fountain-sized thing of uh, sweet tea would, again, be about 46 teaspoons of sugar.
1: A lot of sugar, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is.
3: And when we drink sweet tea, we know it has sugar because mm-hmm. it says sweet in the name. Mm-hmm. But who would guess that there is nine teaspoons of sugar in the fruit and maple oatmeal from the fast food restaurants? So... Teresa, let's think about that. That's
1: the fruit and maple oatmeal, Mm -hmm. and that's got nine teaspoons of sugar in it. Right. Well, how about this kind of stuff that you buy at the grocery
2: store that's that instant? Is that the same? It's the same thing. Same thing. Well, we got to go to our first break now. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. So many clients in their 50s and 60s are stressed about their hair loss, and they make an appointment with me to see if nutrition uh, might be a solution to their problem. There are many reasons for hair loss, but the first thing I look at uh, on their health history is how much protein they're eating every day. So many women eat Only a few ounces every day, so not enough for maintaining and growing hair. I suggest at least 12 to 14 ounces of protein daily as their first step. So when we come back, Dara will share some supplements to support healthy hair. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before break, we
1: were talking about simple solutions for hair loss. And Carolyn mentioned eating 12 to 14 ounces of animal protein. And I think that's pretty shocking for a lot of people. You know, but if you think about you spread it out through the day, it isn't that much. It's three or four ounces per meal. And we all know that hair and nails need quality protein to grow. I think everyone knows that. Hair and nails also need sufficient quality fats to grow and be strong. So a low fat, low calorie, Low protein diet doesn't work for nails. No, and your hair, hair. <laughs> might not be in very it, good health. And it probably will start falling out. So a variety of healthy fats is the best. Butter, olive oil, avocados, olives, nuts, coconut oil. In addition to fats you might add to your diet, I recommend a special fat that is good for your skin, nails, and hair. And that fat in supplement form is called GLA. It is an omega, it's an omega six. It's called gamma linoleic acid. And it is an activated fat, and it's needed for good hair growth, and it's also great for dry skin and tissue. So people, as they get older, they tend to have dry eye, dry skin, and it's needing that fat. So if you have questions today, our number is 651-641-1071.
2: And... And we've got a caller on, but I'm going to ask that caller to hold on. We just want to get through one little more section here, and then we'll take your call. So before we went to break, we're really talking about fast food facts to help encourage our listeners not to go through that fast food line. So many of our clients pick up a mocha on their way to work, and I bet you they don't know that that, has almost 10 teaspoons of sugar in a small mocha. And then what about the medium? It's got about 15 teaspoons of sugar.
1: And I just, we just had a client on Wednesday that I had these numbers in my head, so I was actually <laughs> able to tell her, no, no, you're, you know, and she was not drinking the small one, let me tell you. She was actually drinking a bigger one and even bigger than the medium. So, you know, it's more and more sugar. So... A solution to that would be if you have coffee and cream, real cream. It has no sugar, and it has no partially hydrogenated creamer in it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a relatively good treat then.
3: Yeah, and speaking Mm -hmm. of sugar, juice is another one that's high in sugar. Recently, I was made aware that at my daughter's preschool, juice was an option at snack time. That seems so innocent, but as parents, maybe we don't realize that two cups of juice has 12 teaspoons of sugar. Maybe a baby would only drink a cup of juice, but my four- and seven-year-olds could probably drink two cups. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. (laughs) Easily. And the thing is, is that juice isn't very thirst-quenching either. It actually tends to make you thirsty, so you end up drinking more and more. Again, two cups of juice has 12 teaspoons of sugar. I
1: don't think, Teresa, I don't think parents realize that.
3: I don't think they do either. Because I think we're told that it's got vitamins in it and that it's good for them. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can see why kids with all the sugar are becoming overweight and why the epidemic of type 2 diabetes is becoming more and more common in children. Rather than juice, I have my kids eat an orange and then drink a glass of water. As a parent, I just offer water first. And for our family, it's better not even to buy juice because if it's in the refrigerator, they're going to want to drink it. They see it. They see yeah. it. And then I have to say no. So it's easy. Yeah. I, can, I know yeah. it. It's, if you don't buy it, they're not going to want it. That's right. Yeah. And,
2: uh, you know. Well, I think this is great timing for our caller. Okay. All right. We've got Heidi on line one. Hello, Heidi.
0: Hi. So I have a question. I have a three and a six-year-old, soon to be um, four and seven.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we have had a horrible diet lately, and the the six year old is much better at trying new foods, and when we 've gone through diet cleanses and things like this, trying to do more whole whole food whole grains um, regular fruits and vegetables she's okay, but my son actually refuses almost anything, so i'm really having a hard time getting my kids to switch from a horrible diet into something a lot more nutritious. well,
1: you know, I take a look at your younger child, your four year old and say. Has that child been on antibiotics recently or off and on?
0: Um, not too much, okay. um, but he's really, he, he doesn't like textures. Mm-hmm. So he's really particular about textures. Mm-hmm. I try and um, he, he's one of those kids that just loves French fries. Right. Meatish meatballs only from Ikea, you know, okay. <laughs> he just, He's really, really, really fuzzy. Well,
1: you know, one of the things, if we if you brought him in and I was working with him, or one of the other dieticians, nutritionists was working with him, we'd probably think, okay, he's kind of what we would call a picky eater. And so we look at what is causes a picky eater. And a lot of times that starts in the intestinal tract. And so we might look at balancing that out was some of the good beneficial probiotics, you know, called bifidobacteria, and he got that if he was breastfed. So, yep. you know, and kind of starting at that point to help, and that would help balance out some of that texture stuff, too.
0: We do have the probiotics mm-hmm. that we're giving to him, and, and then um, he is very deficient in iron, so we mm-hmm. just started with an iron supplement, and I'm trying to get him to eat raisins.
1: Okay. I You know, I would really say, Bring him in to sit down with somebody. I mean, treats it yeah. would be great because she's got her own kids, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you're near the St. Paul office. But, you know, before it gets into a really serious habit or kind of a, a problem for him and to change some of that around. Okay. Um, he's got he's got some issues going obviously. Yeah, yeah let's get on top of those. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And I would just suggest too just sticking with it. It's a lot of trial and error and sometimes it feels like there's a ton of food waste because you just keep trying and trying and they keep they keep rejecting. But just yep. keep with it. Just keep with yep. it. Patience,
2: patience, patience. That's right. <laughs>
3: yep.
2: Yeah.
0: But thanks for the call. Yeah. At, at least he eats hummus. So, there you go. There you go. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I think that that's a good caller because um, I think a lot of people are, ex- a lot of parents are experiencing the same thing. And I mean, you know, it's great to keep offering, but you can't force kids to eat something no, that they're can't. not going to eat. Right. You can't get into that struggle with them because it just makes things worse. Yeah,
2: yeah. battles are not worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I know when my kids were growing up, I really didn't have any junk. Food in my house. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, didn't put it in there. And they, they, they love going to their neighbors because <laughs> they got some of that stuff. But now they are very healthy eaters yes. and uh, they're very, very conscious of what they put in their mouths. So, so anyway, TV nutrition t- t- told us for many years that uh, if we want to stay healthy, we should drink orange juice. Oh, yes. The commercials used to be yeah, on over and over yeah. and over and over on TV. Uh-huh. And, you know, orange juice promoters, promoters told us that orange juice was loaded with vitamins. I think Teresa said that earlier. But they didn't really advertise the fact that it was also loaded with sugar. You know, the juice of six to eight oranges is in one glass. Um, and also, sugar from six to eight oranges is in that. Eight oranges worth of
3: sugar. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. So let me ask you, would you eat six to eight oranges at one time? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. Water is for drinking and oranges are for eating. That's a good way to put it. Again, we have another
1: reason to stop fast food. This one may surprise you. It actually costs more to feed a family of 4 at a fast food restaurant than it does to cook at home and that's it's shocking. I hope people are really listening now.
3: Right, and there's actually an organization that compared prices. Check this out. If I took my family and got two quarter pounders with cheese, two mighty Kid, kids meals and two vanilla shakes, the cost would be 25.76. Remember that's close to $26. Okay. Yeah,
2: well, I can't believe it, but it is time for break number two already. Oh, my gosh. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. A recent study published in Lancet reported in uh, 1975 that there were 105 million adults with obesity. Okay, that was 1975. 105 million obese adults. Today... It's 640 million obese adults. The rate more than doubled for women and, believe it or not, tripled for men. What is causing this obesity crisis? Is it from choosing fast food over home-cooked meals? Or is it drinking soda and not water? Is it all the bread or pasta or pizza and chips? Or is it eating low-fat diets and highly processed carbohydrates. Maybe it's all of these reasons and more. Our goal uh, of Dishing Up Nutrition, uh, this show, is to help educate our listeners and more people on how to make healthy choices. So if you have any questions today, call us at 651-641-1071.
1: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Darlene Kvist, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here in studio with Carolyn Hudson, registered and licensed dietitian, and Teresa Wagner, registered and licensed dietitian, and we are discussing how to eat fast without eating fast food. Hmm.
3: Today, there are 640 million obese adults. Last week, many of you read the article in the New York Times reporting that almost all of the contestants on The Biggest Loser who lost 100 or 200 or even 300 pounds in seven months gained it all back in a short time. Of course, the message was that weight loss diets don't work. People gain their weight back and more, which is a very discouraging message for those people who are battling that obesity battle. So actually, there's more to this story than what was reported you know, the Biggest Losers followed
1: a very low-calorie, low-fat plan. They were eating about 500 to 800 calories and exercising four to five hours a day. And, of course, their metabolism slowed down. And it was easy for them to regain the weight. So with the exercise and the low-calorie, again, you know, it was really easy to gain weight. And actually going through that, it's a little obsessive, but I also think it's a little abusive to people's body. You know, who could do that? Um, so to maintain and support your metabolism, I mean, all the research says that people need to eat five to six times a day. And they need to eat about 2000 to 2000 to 2400 calories of real food. You know, plan not to lose more than one pound per week. I mean, that's what the research is showing. You'll have great energy. You'll have good moods, wonderful focus and memory. And yeah, you know, everybody wants to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. I mean, everybody says that. But we know that that's not realistic. You know, it's a lifelong plan. It's just not a weight loss plan. It's not a diet. I mean, that's different. So a plan that will give you permanent weight loss is called Nutrition for Weight Loss. You know, to lose weight, we need to support our metabolism with real food and sufficient nutrients. And nutrition is where you get those nutrients. You know, our next series of classes start next week, May 17th, at many locations. We have daytime classes. We have evening classes. You decide the time and place and give us a call. Our number is 651 six nine nine three four three eight and you can sign up online at weight and com. also
2: well great well over the break we've had a couple callers i think i'll take the caller online
4: first
2: okay. uh elena good morning good
1: elena morning. good morning you have a question for us today
4: i i do but i actually have a really quick comment on what you guys are talking about too um so I've lost 150 pounds. I had weight loss surgery about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people regain weight after weight loss surgery as well. Yes. And our clinic was always pushing. They always told me they're like fat-free, sugar-free, everything. And I would always fight them and say, nope, I'm not doing that because I actually took your class. Oh, good. And, oh, good. <laughs> and so they always would look at me a little weird because um, I'm like, nope, I do whole, you know, whole milk. I do a normal, regular sugar. I mean, I can't say I'm totally off sugar, but... And I tell them I eat real food. I'm not doing sugar free, fat free, cottage cheese. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just doing normal, real food, you know, and it's really helped me. So I became a fitness instructor and I eat quite a bit, but I've kept 150 pounds off for the last eight years. Congratulations. With your diet, thankfully. So I'm glad I switched from the sugar free, fat free. But the thing that I've been left with, I also have PCOS. Mm -hmm. Um, My weight is, is good. But the thing I've been left with is acne, really mm-hmm. bad acne. And, you know, I'm an adult and it's kind of frustrating. And I've gone to dermatologists and they've recommended like Accutane and all those like super extreme methods. And what I'm looking for is maybe something in terms of my diet. Um, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm mostly off of sugar. I do have my white, um, you know, uh, flat white in the morning at Starbucks. I'm thinking maybe I should cut that out. I just don't know what it is in my diet that I could change that I could possibly clear up my skin because it's been a problem for maybe three or four years now
1: well a couple of things one one thing for sure is i would cut out dairy products all dairy products (laughs) you know and i bet well my guess is probably your skin would clear up you know i think if it doesn't with that i would come in because i've got a couple of other ideas but they're just kind of on an individual basis for people with acne and you know, it works for some people and it doesn't work for others and I almost have to sit down with a person to know whether some of these things will work or not. But I think we could clear up that acne. The if other you made a point. Vine- yeah, vine- the other
2: thing I would say is maybe some, you know, bifido yeah, some, bacteria. Some you good know, probiotics, some, definitely. Yeah. I agree with you, Carolyn.
4: Yep, and I'm taking the bifido. And in terms of the dairy, so would that consider Cutting out cheese as well? Yes, oh, definitely. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> the, the one thing I eat a lot of dairy. Yeah. It's worth a
2: try, though. Yeah, it's really worth a try. You know, the
1: casein that's in dairy, the protein, is inflammatory for a okay. lot of people. And acne is an inflammatory condition.
4: Yeah, that's probably what I didn't want to hear, but it's probably <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. But you are doing so many great things. Yeah.
1: Thank you for the call yeah, this thank morning. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Okay, so we had a couple other uh, callers uh, that didn't want to stay on the line. And so the first one was about hair loss. Mm -hmm. Dar, do you want to take that? Sure. Teresa, help me out here. We talked about hair loss,
1: people needing what basically? Adequate protein. Adequate protein. Which is
3: at 14 ounces. mm -hmm. So how do you get that in? Well, you have some at breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then you have some more at lunch, mm-hmm. and then you have some more at dinner. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, then snacks, and too, then we can't snake. forget yes. the snacks. Now, this mm-hmm.
2: caller, she was, I believe, you know, a little bit older. No, no, and, no, 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 you know, no. Be careful
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: I wasn't trying to say anything bad about being older, but what I have found yes. is that. I, I don't know. Women particularly after like the age of fifty, they are just not eating enough protein. Yep. And I you know, I, I it's like I'm beating them over the head with a stick. Saying, I think one of the things, Carly, they
1: don't realize that they have to eat protein to keep their bone structure.
2: Yeah, bones, everything. <laughs> and everything of course healthy hair. Yeah. healthy skin, everything is really connected to how much protein we eat, even our brain, right? our brain needs protein. And a lot of people don't realize that. So Mm -hmm. I think when we're growing and, you know, still like in our 20s and people are eating enough protein many times, but once they hit, you know, like 50, for some reason, people think magically they don't need protein. So, right, exactly. So
1: that's, you know, I think that's an answer for that client. Was there something else? Yes,
2: there was. Somebody wanted to know the brand of GLA.
1: Okay, well, I think there's a lot of different brands out there. Um, our Unikey brand is great. Uh, if you can also get a brand of um, Evening of Primrose Oil, that's also another way to get GLA. So GLA comes from Borage Oil or Evening of Primrose Oil. And you need about 600 milligrams of forage oil a day to help your hair grow better and your skin to not be so dry.
2: Yeah, well, that's good. Well, thank you very much. So let's get back to our, oops, one oh, minute. We have one more caller or okay. should we get well, back to our script for a little bit? Okay, I, <laughs> let's, let's
1: let's go back because we were talking about if you eat at a fast food, it was how much, Teresa?
2: It costs about $26 for like, maybe the average family of four. Yeah, so, but if I cook at home for a family of four, you know, and I make like our muffin tin meatloaf, sweet potatoes, steamed broccoli, and a dessert of fresh strawberries with whipping cream. Sounds like a great meal. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. cost is like $15.15, you know, over $10 less expensive to cook at home. So we also looked at if you want to cook organic foods at home.
1: Well, the cost is more than $15. But not more than $26, so which is actually the cost of eating in a fast food. So you can eat, you can eat almost, uh, you know, a little less if you buy organic food than if you were eating fast food.
3: Right. And of course, mom and dad have to cook if they're feeding their kids at home. So that's more work for the parents. Mm-hmm. And there's the planning, the shopping, mm-hmm. and the prep work. But I believe the benefits of eating quality food outweigh the work. I feel and I know that I'm giving my kids the best food for their brain and I'm helping keeping their bodies healthy. I'm willing to do the work if I can save, and if I can save $10 a meal, if we eat at home three times a week, that's $30 a week or almost $1,600 in a year. That's money that we could put towards a family vacation or doing something fun. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: in our class, Eating Fast Without Fast Food we show a rather shocking graphic of a number of calories in a serving of French fries to help people understand why 80% of the population has weight problems today. For example, back in 1963, when I was in college, I can remember this very, very clearly, and fast food restaurants were just really getting started locally. You know, a small size of French fries serving and we, there was only one size. There was only a small size. It had 220 calories. And you would not think of eating more than one small serving. That was men and women, one small serving of French fries. And you never would order two.
3: Yeah, and then in the 1970s, the serving size got larger and had 320 calories. Still not too bad for the waistline. What's creeping
2: up there. Yeah, but in 1990... The size went up and it was 380 calories per serving. And of course, people ate the whole thing. So we get to the year 2005 and
1: everything was supersized. So an order of french fries got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and had 510 calories. And again, people ate the whole serving, almost 300
2: calories more than a serving. From the 1960s. Oh, wow. Well, would you believe it? It is time for break number three already.
3: You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you need new ideas about what to cook for your family, I have found that the recipes in the Weight and Wellness Cookbook are easy to make and are very tasty. My family likes a little bit more spice, but that's pretty easy to adjust. The Weight and Wellness Cookbook is on special this month with 10% off. And remember, shipping is free.
1: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, on Saturday, June 11th, Joanne and I will be teaching the Menopause Survival Seminar in our Maple Grove location from 1030 to 330. You know, we'll be answering all your perimenopause, menopause, post-menopause questions. So to sign up, call 651-699-3438. And guess what? We also serve you an organic lunch and organic snacks. And
2: it is a fun day. It's a fun day. I can attest to that. Um, well, before we went to break, we were talking about french fries. So let's get back to that topic. Um, the fat that the fast food restaurants use to fry those french fries, that changed in somewhere in the sixties. Most, uh, fast food restaurant used fat that could withstand those really high heats. And then in the 90s, they switched to more of a vegetable fat that is easily
3: damaged with high heat. A research study we quote in several of our classes, I believe, helped us understand a health risk of eating French fries that most people are not aware of. I found it to be rather shocking. Oh. Every time we read it, I yes. it's shocking. Oh. Yes. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Here's the research. Um, it was reported in the International Journal of Cancer, February 2006, researchers found that little girls ages 3 to 5 who ate French fries once a week had a 27% greater risk of developing breast cancer as adults. And if they ate French fries twice a week, the risk factors went up to
1: 54% greater risk of developing breast cancer as an, an adult. Amazing,
3: Mm -hmm. and I have yeah, and I have a four-year-old girl. So that study really hit home. I know that fast food is convenient, especially for families with little ones like I have. But again, I believe the risk outweighs the convenience. At home, cook up a bunch of little red potatoes, put a toothpick in them, and let your kids dip them in butter. Or they could try dipping the potatoes in hummus, like our our caller was talking about, or even an avocado dip where you just mash up some banana and mix some mayo with it and let the kids dip those potatoes in there. Mm-hmm. Sour cream,
2: too. You could do full-fat right. sour cream. What a great idea, Teresa. I bet they
3: don't even miss french fries. Right, and little red potatoes are so inexpensive, and I, bore, and I buy organic, so they don't use any, any pesticides on them. So
1: I think that's a really important point, Teresa, is you really need to buy organic potatoes these yes. days because mm-hmm. they have a lot of pesticides. Yes, they do. So many of the convenience type foods are made with factory fats. We call them manufactured fats. And if you look on the label, it will say partially hydrogenated soybean oil or partially hydrogen corn oil or vegetable oil. These are all toxic fats. Fats in the foods we often feed our
2: kids because they're so convenient. Yeah, yeah. Well. I, we've got a couple callers online, okay. so here we've got Lynn online. Good morning, Lynn.
5: Oh, hi. Hi there. <laughs> Thanks for waiting. Hi. I, I just had a quick question. If you could recommend either through your supplements or dietary changes, anything for a sluggish or non-existent thyroid.
1: <laughs> well, you still have your thyroid, right?
5: Yeah, I do, but its um, it, it's been stable for... Thirty years I've had hypothyroidism, not Hashimoto's, is at least what okay, they call okay. me. Okay, okay. Well, you but, know, uh, now premenopause, it's starting to fall apart.
1: Okay, so I think a couple of things is, you know, um, there's many things. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you again, I think it would be best to come in for a consultation okay. because when you're looking at thyroid function, there are many, many things. But a couple of the easy ones is you have to have enough zinc. Because the thyroid needs zinc, so probably about 50 milligrams of zinc. And we know we get zinc from meat. So, again, eating sufficient amount of protein is important. I think another mineral, selenium, helps the T4 to be utilized by T3, which is the active part of your thyroid. Mm -hmm. So you need some selenium. But then when you're looking at perimenopause-menopause, You look at, you, your body probably has too much estrogen. So it's looking at how to get rid of some of that estrogen. And that's where I think it would make sense to make an appointment because I think we could probably get your thyroid working better. You know, if, you know, we could try, I mean, for sure. And sometimes I make recommendations that maybe you need a different type of thyroid medication.
5: Yep. So that's what I'm trying to decide, too. Yeah. So yeah. come
1: on in and see one of us because I will. that Thank would be you. that would be a, a, a good solution. Yeah. So you can feel better.
2: Thank you so much. OK. okay. Thank, Thank you. Lynn. The, yeah. OK. Th- Thyroids are complicated. Oh, they are. They yeah. are. And then, you know, throw in the perimenopause thing <laughs> on yeah. top of it. Right. So our next caller is Julie. Good morning, Julie.
5: Hi. You have a question for us? I do indeed. First, I'd like to say that about a year ago, I came in with horrible acid reflux and worked with Joanne um, Mm -hmm. and just steered around my doctors trying to shove Prevacid and everything else down my throat. And life-changing. It was life-changing. So I do eat the weight and wellness tray um, and love it and have referred a lot of people to you. Because Thank you. It's, Thank you. It's, really, it's wonderful. My question, though, is could the protein, because I'm eating more protein now than I have before, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if that could be causing some constipation, too much protein?
1: Not too much, but you probably are missing something to help break protein down. Okay. You know, you might try something that is called, it's, it's a digestive enzyme that is called orthodigestime And maybe just one with each meal. It has something that's called hydrochloric acid in it. Just a little bit. And it helps you to digest meat a little bit. So it's something that to try at least. I'm sure that that's probably what's happening. But I'm glad Joanne fixed you up she's a great she's great at helping people wonderful
2: they love those success stories (laughs) thanks for the call thanks for the call
1: julie so i I don't know how we're running for time here oh boy we only got like
2: two more minutes okay let's go go back to some of these things okay so you want to go back over do do a little summary here in a a minute okay well you know Chicken nuggets, that's another one that kind of fall into that uh, bad, toxic fat category. Um, but we have a really great, simple recipe for chicken nuggets in our Weight and Wellness cookbook. Also, you can find it on our web- website at weightandwellness.com. So no bad, toxic fats, and they are absolutely delicious. I love getting ground chicken or turkey at my co-op, Um Uh, I like to use ground meat that has both dark and light meat. It gives it more moisture and much more flavor.
3: And I love to have my kids snack on vegetables and not on dry cereal. I think it's pretty common that people will throw a handful of Cheerios on the the tray of their of their kid's high chair. Mm-hmm. Another simple thing that you could do is just throw some frozen peas or even some thawed peas. My daughter happens to like them straight out of the freezer. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, just something just something that's kind of crunchy for them to snack on that's not cereal. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can try is just putting toothpicks in your veggies. So put a toothpick in a cherry tomato or a toothpick in a sugar snap pea or, you know, a slice of cucumber and then let them dunk them in those sauces that we had talked about earlier. Um, and then also buying carrots with the green tops is kind of fun, too. They, you know, you can say they're like a rabbit. They
1: taste better, too. They do taste better. You know, one of the things is, well, I want to thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition today. And I will be back next week with Joanne and Stephanie. And we will be talking about how to keep your bones healthy after menopause. You know, if you found this show interesting and of value, please share it with a family or fem- friend. Um, You know, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. You know, it's a simple but powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing.
0: Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the host or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.